Hello, and welcome to episode eight of Holzer Talk. I'm your host, Sarah Lowry, and today we talk to Charlotte Norvell, and she is one of our training and organizational development specialists. And Charlotte talks about her long career here with Holzer. She talks about how she became a training and OD specialist, and she talks about all the programs and projects and certifications um, that she does so well. I hope you enjoy hearing Charlotte's story. Specialist. Charlotte. Hi, Charlotte. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well this morning. How about yourself? I'm good, thanks. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Charlotte, uh, and your Holzer career and what it's looked like. Oh, wow. I I came to Holzer, and I became a Holzer many years ago, back in 1993. My daughter was getting ready to turn a year old. I remember that very, very vividly and, and came to Holzer as a float receptionist. Um, basically worked every department that the main campus has. Then I traveled around because of being afloat and um, worked every branch location. Uh, then, as luck would have it, my husband was offered a job outside of Holzer in Delaware, Ohio. So we took the leap of faith and we moved out of, uh, we're from West Virginia, so we moved out of state to Delaware, Ohio, where I took a job as a receptionist at another healthcare entity, decided that really wasn't the life for us in you know what we consider bigger city, so we moved back. And um, when it was time to move back, my first thought was come back to Holzer. So I was very fortunate and very blessed to be able to come back to Holzer in a receptionist position again and uh, started back in the cardiopulmonary department, then transitioned into the family practice department where I was a head receptionist. And about that time, Holzer Clinic was starting its education department. I thought, I always wanted to be a teacher. So I applied and again felt very blessed to be uh, given the position of IDX trainer. That was the computer program that receptionists worked in at the time. So I was the first official trainer, even though we had everybody, you know, did the hip side training prior to that. And that's kind of where my life in education started. Wow. So do you think that it was valuable for you as a trainer, you know, all these years later, being in so many different locations? I do feel that that gave me an insight kind of on how the different locations work. Um, Also gave me some point people when I go to those locations, there's still those employees there that I've had dealings with over the years, so it makes it, um, I guess, not as, I'm not as apprehensive, you know, if you if you haven't been to a location before, right. you're a little bit like, what's it going to be like, where do I need to go, those kinds of things, so that did help me, where I, you know, became familiar with the different locations. Yeah, because it's interesting, we're one health system and we have a company culture, but every department really does have its own so you Absolutely. having a point yeah you having a point person probably helps you too if you need to train in there yes you know you already kind of have that trust relationship built yes and you know as you said we are one organization and each location seems to have its own 
mini culture sure. of what we have as the organization as well. But when it gets right down to it, you know, everybody, for lack of, you know, forgive me, we bleed holzer. Sure. And we bleed healthcare. And most of the people that I've encountered throughout any location with the organization truly does have that patient first mm-hmm. focus. Sure. And they, um, they're here for the patient as well as their coworkers and what the organization stands for. I agree. I, I do see that in every location that I've been to um, as well. It's just interesting to see. And when you have transfers, you know, uh, maybe the same job, just a different location and how they do things and how they use the EMR even. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really cool that you have all those connections in all of our locations because it's a we pretty big health system. We are. We are. We with several locations. grown quite a bit over oh, the yeah. years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what is it that you're responsible for training now? Now, mm-hmm. I um, one of the, the main things that I do is new manager boot camp. Okay. And that's part of the onboarding process for anyone who has been promoted within or a new person to the organization coming in in a leadership role for the health system. Um, and... We have a six-month program that they go through, and they do a lean project with their new department and things. Um, another area that I train is breath alcohol collection, mm-hmm. which is very fascinating. Yes. It's completely different from anything that I've trained before. Basic principles of training apply, right. but uh, learning the DOT regulations and and all of the ins and outs of okay somebody's been you know intoxicated on the job and and how do we handle that from our lab staff perspective right um, I teach peer interview so you know, we do have turnover unfortunately mm-hmm. and we want to make sure that when we're bringing people on board in any department that they're a good fit for that department so peer interviewing helps, you know, bring the right person on board for each department. Um, also teach nonviolent crisis intervention with a couple of other uh, certified trainers in the department, and that's always interesting. Um, each class is different because we have security, emergency staff that come on board, uh, psychiatric staff that come on board to the trainings. Um, is open to anyone in the organization, but those are typically the people that we see in the class, and then they bring their perspective of what's going on in their world mm-hmm. and some of the scenarios that they've dealt with so that we can help in future instances when somebody might not be having the best experience at Holzer at, as how staff can help, you know, decrease their tensions and keep it from being an escalated situation. Sure. So of all those things right now, what is it that you find the most enjoyable or maybe the most fascinating to train? Maybe that's the better question. Uh, you know, each and every one of them are different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to pick a favorite, but if I did need to pick something out of the list... The new manager boot camp okay. is, is one of the things that I truly um, find rewarding because I'm helping 
the new managers get a good foundation for their leadership skills and working with them through their projects. And sometimes when you're working with these new managers, you get those aha moments. The light bulb moment. The light bulb. And it's like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Or that's something that I might try. And, you know, you kind of become somewhat of a mentor to them. Yeah. Maybe not in a full mentorship capacity, but with the experience that I've had, you know, the longevity that I've had with Holzer, um, that does kind of help kind of steer them. It's like, I've I've seen that before, and, you know, have you thought of it a different way? I I, I never tell them what to do. Right. You know, but you want to kind of give them some options on how they might handle a situation. Yeah. Um, You know, lean projects are something that um, can be very tedious. And I sometimes when you're in it, um, like at your own department, I'm sure, um, you kind of have blinders on. Mm-hmm. And then when you take a step back and look at the whole thing, you know, and you get those managers that are like, we can do this a lot better. Yes. And then you're in return helping patient care. Yes. So, um, you know, you and I aren't clinical people necessarily. So I know that I always tell my people that are also not clinical, that just because you're not hands-on patient care, which those people are very important, doesn't mean you're not involved in patient care. Absolutely. We all have the responsibility to take care of patients. So if my training isn't good, then I'm not taking good care of patients. Right. Because I'm not really, you know, I'm not relaying good information. So to to your point, putting managers in that in that position to say, you can do it maybe easier maybe not better but easier or better and then get a better response yeah yeah it's a good benefit the thing with them coming in you know new either new to a department or Mm -hmm. stepping up from being in that department you know you always want to to let them know that just because it was always done that way right doesn't mean that it always needs to stay that way and they're now in a position Mm -hmm. if that's been something that they've seen oh we could do it so much better Mm -hmm. now they're in the position to where they can be the catalyst to make that change to do something better and grow the department in a way that the department has never grown before right that is thing that will automatically like frustrate me when I ask why we do something some and the answer is because that's the way it's always been done and you know and some things have to be done a certain way for reimbursement and you know regulation and all that stuff and that stuff you can't change but sometimes I think we get scared to ask why Mm -hmm. you know if if something is clunky or a long process or frustrating to our patient Instead of stepping back and saying, why are we doing it this way? Mm-hmm. They just train someone else to do it the exact same way. Yeah, it's, that's a very frustrating answer for me. At times you want to, you know, have the mindset of a child. Yeah. Because kids are always wanting to know. They're why? They're always curious. Why? why? <laughs> yeah. So when you step into something new, why? Right. You know, why is it like this? And keep asking. Right. You know, kind of like with root cause analysis and things, you know, why? Right. Why? Why? Until you get to the base of why is it we're doing this way? Right. Some things you're right. We, we need to do it a certain way for reimbursement or regulatory issues. But 
doesn't mean that we can't switch it up a little bit and make it better. Right, right. So it's really cool that you're you're having you're telling these new managers that it's okay to ask why, and it's okay to t- look at something that they know is a long process or a difficult process and mapping it out. Because sometimes that's all you need is to write it all down. You know, in our department, sometimes walls worth mm-hmm. <laughs> of tracking, <laughs> and um, take a step back and say, where is it broken? So that, no, that's a really cool skill. Um, so what is it that no matter what you train to NVCI, to new manager boot camp, that every one of your trainings has? For myself, it's compassion. Okay. And, and passion, not, mm-hmm. not only compassion, because you know, we are here for the patients. Sure. And everything that we do, like you've said, it always impacts the patient in one way or another. Right. But then I feel that each class I'm passionate about the subject that I'm teaching and wanting the learners to see that you know, I'm not just standing up here reading slides. You know, there is a backside to this and I wouldn't be teaching it if I didn't have some type of um, skin in the game, I guess, right. for it. Yeah. That, you know, there's a reason that we're teaching these things and it's it's something that I I feel that as trainers if we're not passionate about what we're training then it's going to come across to the audience and they're going to leave with no more information than when they came into the room and sometimes the stuff that we're training is to kind of set a fire under them to right. be a change and and look at things a little bit differently from a different person's perspective, especially with the culture training that we're doing now. Right. And you know, if we're just up there going through the motions, they're gonna they're gonna feel that. Right. And they're gonna walk out of the room saying, Well why why should I do anything different? Right. So when you show that you truly do believe in what you're teaching Maybe, you know, you might not hit everybody, but you might touch a few people in that classroom, and then that's all it takes. It's just a few people to be that spark, and then they take that on out into the department, and it just starts to grow and grow to where finally we're going to see what we're wanting to accomplish because some people really do believe in what we're doing. Yeah, and you're right. I, I, I believe that as well. Um, in the engagement, like the feedback that you get when they see the trainer excited about what they're training. And for you, you know, new manager boot camp, I'm sure after that six months is done, you know, you've graduated the program. But you have people that come back for NVCI, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you keep that compassion with someone who's or even CPR because you're C- you're BLS certified yeah. instructor as well. So, how do you how do you engage that? That we've done this ten times, Charlotte. How do you, you know, how do you keep that? Because you do, I've seen it. But how do you do that? It's never the same, you know. Some of the courses, yes, they you know they're for a two year certification. Right. So then, like the NBCI, a lot of our staff are coming in every year. No two classes are the same, so you change it up. Even though the material might be the same, you change up the information. You bring in different um, 
different scenarios, different aspects, and you know the ones that have been there before, pull them in because they can become a micro trainer. You know, they're you you're like okay, so you've been doing this for a year, you've been doing this for two years. What have you been seeing since you've been out and about, and you know the information that we're going to cover? What is it that you feel is going to be of benefit to the people in this class? And and you do you draw those people in and get their their input to help the class grow? I guess. Yeah, you're you're probably right, um, especially because you know I'm not an MVCI or BLS instructor, but um, you know even topics like customer service and culture that you were talking about earlier, it, it's not rocket science. It's not a brand new concept as far as, you know, but having those conversations about, you know, what what is happening? What are you seeing? That's valuable information mm-hmm. um, that you can, you know, like you said, one, be a contact for if you've got a lot of ED staff, if you have someone that's really good at NVCI, you know, the new person can come to them and say, mm-hmm. I'm a li- I have a little anxiety. Or I know we talked about this in class, but, you know, you seem really comfortable with it. You know, right. did I handle this correctly? What should I do next time? And all that stuff. Everyone has something to offer. Everybody brings sure. something to the table. Mm-hmm. And they might not realize that. But if you can show them that they have the potential to making an impact on somebody... And that could either be positive or negative, but what we want is the positive. So when you when you hone in and, and, and you can see those aspects that people have, then if you can just switch that for them to where they're like, Oh, I do have, you know, something to offer. I am valuable right. to the organization, right. to my department and, and get them to, you know, step up a little bit. Okay. Absolutely. So my last question is, what is, do you think is the biggest misconception about the training and OD department? <laughs> Trick question. No. But what do you feel like is the biggest misconception that you've hear, you know, or has been brought to your attention? You know, um, I, I think, and this is just... I don't think people understand exactly what it is that we do. And sometimes I feel that there's a misunderstanding between um, skill and will. Some things are not a training issue. It's more of an accountability issue. So we'll get asked to come up with a class. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not really a training you know it's not a problem with the training it's a more of a person's not really following the way they've been trained Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of time to put a class together because Mm -hmm. you know yes we've got experience in a lot of this but some of the classes that we're asked to create there's a lot of research that we put into them I mean you know Mm -hmm. that you know, we have our ideas of what we feel the class should be, but we want to make sure that what we're offering is one relevant and accurate. You know, just because we think something doesn't mean that it's the right thing. 
So we need to, you know, do do our due diligence and do the research mm-hmm. to make sure that we are providing quality, relevant, accurate information. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Charlotte. It was really great talking to you. 